It's what we do, baby! This is Race Wars. Race Wars. I have the power! Yeah! How's it feel? With Kurt Metzger. You're out of your fucking mind, dude. And Sherrod Small. Saddle down, bitch. Race Wars. Welcome to Race Wars, baby. Back in the building. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot of broads in here today. Uh, I don't know what day of quarantine. 96 or 7? I don't remember. White daughter, how you doing? Day 10,000 of quarantine. I'm thriving. <laughs> as you can see, I'm pink as a salamander. <laughs> you are pinker than ever. Jesus I'm pinker Christ. than ever. I'm sitting here, whitely in my home, trying to um, support people who are not the same color as me. <laughs> black lives and, matter, uh, just say that. Journey. Yes, black lives do matter. We know that they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. It's been crazy. If you Are you guys in New York, the rest of you? Let's introduce everybody first. Uh, let's yeah, start with okay. Alice. Hey guys, Alice Vaughn, uh, co-host of the Two Girls on Mike Porncast and Offensive Crayons creator. Uh, but no, I am not in New York City at the moment. I am a, I'm a rich bitch at my lake house. So. There you go. Ooh, you and Sharad. She made that money. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta save your money. You gotta, you gotta make smart purchases. Yep. <laughs> it's, and I'm Yvette Dontrema. I run SciBabe.com. Uh, I'm a science writer and I'm also the co-host of, uh, of Two Girls, One Mike, the Porncast. And I'm in an attic in Los Angeles. You guys nice. get richer and richer. <laughs> Kristen? Hi, Kristen Davis, former Manhattan Madam, PR director for the infamous Roger Stone. Yes, love him. He's a here. I know, I know. It's been a hectic day for us today also. Yeah. Now, how do you go from being uh, the Manhattan Madam to the PR for Roger Stone? Did that the world cross at some point? <laughs> well, I was arrested in 2008 in connection with uh, this Elliot Spitzer scandal. And yeah. Roger was Elliot Spitzer's arch nemesis. Mm -hmm. So he approached me at, uh, on my book tour and asked me if I would run for office. And I thought he was crazy. And he lobbied me for almost a year and I finally agreed. And then we just became friends and he saw how competent I was. I mean, my background's actually finance. I was vice president of a hedge fund for a decade before starting my agency. So, mm -hmm. um, so you know, you now know, I do you, all his PR. You know where to find that money from hedge fund to. <laughs> I do. The hedge fund guys go to escorts. So that's, it seems like a logical progress at some yeah. point. Yeah. Nice. Client number nine, right? That was a uh, Elliot was client number nine. He, he was a client number 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> busy man. So busy man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> man got to stay busy. Um, when you win office, you want to celebrate. Wait, I, don't why think did he you... was getting, I don't think he was getting any for free. I mean, it's just yeah, like he was, paying, he was paying for it. He had to pay. Why was he blacklisted? Is this like an obvious part of the story that I missed? It is. But, Spill the tea, um, girl. Spill it. He, um, he was violent. He liked to do things unsafe, unprotected. And what? he would always call me under different names. And I would catch him at some point. It would catch up with him. Or the girls would say, hey, that's that guy. We, you, you blacklisted him. And I just couldn't keep up with his demand for women. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. So Elliot had a high demand for women and he was like violent with the girls? I didn't hear that. I knew this Mark is, Albert. This is breaking. They don't call him the steamroller because he's nice. You know, that's his nickname Jesus. everywhere. And that's his personality is he just oh rolled, and he's just very aggressive. And I ran a very pro women agency where it was high dollar. I encouraged the girls to set boundaries. So 
when I started getting complaints, I'm like, okay, your your little two thousand dollars isn't worth all of these complaints. But was he your typical daddy's rich little son that came in there and act like they own the world because he got a rich parent yes. and a rich daddy? Yes, he, I, you know, born with a silver spoon. I can yep. treat you however I want, and that's exactly his personality in life. And it caught up to him. It certainly did. But oh but did it really hurt him because he resigned? Right, a scandal. But then he went on to make a lot of money as a CNN host, and so oh yeah, like, he well, he was going to make money because back. he's still white, <laughs> so he's going right. to make he's going to make money. Privilege. Um, rich people going to still be rich. That's just that's not going to stop happening. People, that's rich people CNN, privilege. Remember Richard Quest, the reporter on CNN, got caught in Central Park jerking off, choking himself with cocaine <laughs> in his pocket for a couple weeks, and he kept his job at CNN. When, when he wasn't crimes. hurting anyone. But let me Except get himself consensually. Off in Central Park. I'll get shot. Yeah. And my ratings go up. I have a friend, Sherrod, you know, who... Um, have, have, have a, a designated white girl ch jerking you off and choking right. you, and then well, you'll be fine. Well, I have fine. a friend who has a theory my life. that all guys who are who commit suicide by hanging are actually jerking off. Every time there's like a celebrity who dies by hanging, she's like, jerking off. You think Robin Williams? Jerking off. Mm. Everybody's gotta come, everybody's gotta come. If you are, if you are like, uh, if you're rich enough and famous enough, you have enough access that you're just bored with all your options. Like you just been there, done that, got the t-shirt, no one's asshole is like exciting yeah. to you anymore. It's time to try some new shit. And that's- I tried some, I tried the chokey. I tried a little chokey with a belt to see what, what no, all the fuss was about. And yes, a little. But I was like this, it's nothing for me. It's just really? nothing for me. Oh, so you need someone who's competent to choke you because- You need like I a timer there. on that. And guess what? Yeah. Everybody can be taught. It's not rocket science, is it, ladies? <laughs> you said talk, that said, talk like a rope. Talk. I said talk. Yeah, choking. Choking should be on the side of the yourself? neck, not on the front. Exactly. Oh, there is your anatomy lesson for the day. You should do a blood choke where you just uh, subtly uh, cut off the blood flow because that gives you a slight little hive. Indeed. Do well, not press hurt. on the front of the throat. Just cut. Yeah. Just press on the sides and kind of uh, uh, alleviate that pressure every so often, but it gives people a nice little high from that slight. But here's the thing. The worst that will happen is someone will pass out for a second and you'll go, ah, and you'll let go and they're fine. So do look, go to but a class before you do that. Absolute delay. It's an absolute, you know, someone did it to me once by accident and I like came to, it was, he like, wasn't trying to do it. He's trying to like lightly choke me. It was on a sexy, subway. To be sexy. And then That's like a, I did a actually day on the pass out. And I didn't realize, and I woke up like a second later, like wasn't like a violent choking or anything. And I was like, holy shit. First of all, it was the best ever. It was so intimate and intense and weird and fun and like was felt nice. Okay. And he was the most unteachable person. Like he never did it again. He would just like, ugh, like just the worst way. I was like trying to gently correct him and Wikipedia the situation and just he was unteachable. That's the I first thought you were gonna I go heard. with like he was a rain man of choking. I was hoping you were going in that that direction. We were all hoping we were going in that direction. He could do I, nothing else but man he could choke. Choke the sides and not the front. Because yes. even when I was choking myself, I was going all front. No, yeah, you can't. Look, when you press the here. Don't be yep. stupid. Don't upstein I'm yourself. I'm all the sun. I don't know. Yeah. No. It's like taking a pulse, so, take a pulse here. You don't take your pulse here. Yeah. How big was this uh, escort business when it was on and popping, when it was on a, at its peak? I had about 120 women um, Damn, apartments in five cities. I mean, we were making millions of dollars a year. 
had apartments in five cities. I had an overseas call center. I mean, I ran it much like I would a normal business. Right. And you had all the clients from the hedge fund days? I had many hedge fund clients. Those guys spent a lot of money. And a lot of those calls were not, they were party calls. So they weren't sexual in nature. They were just, you know, hedge fund guys who every Monday they started doing coke and their friends left about midnight. And at midnight, they're like, well, I'm not done until until the drugs run out. That could be 36 hours later. Who can come over? Oh and, you know, a few women later and $40,000 at my agency. And I consider that a really good day. Actually, that is a really, really good, good day. Part of a day. Why is this illegal? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's always politics, right? So I was arrested in conjunction with a governor. He was hated by Republicans and they always need a scapegoat. Pataki, so, what, what governor? Elliot Spitzer. Spitzer, oh, that's Spitzer. Okay, Spitzer was saying, I get it, I get it. So, so that's when know, they took you down after he got busted on that. Well, it's an interesting story because Roger Stone was paid by the head of the Senate at that time, who was a Republican, Senator Joe Bruno, to investigate Elliot Spitzer, right? So here you've got this war going on. And Roger Stone learned that, you know, in his younger years, he was, a, he was going around to swingers clubs and this was his thing. And he learned at a swingers club from a woman he met that Spitzer used agencies, did some investigating, started trying to turn him in, right? Because this is all politics. We're going after our enemies. And I was just the casualties of that war. Right. So do you think you can, you'll spark it back up? Do you see people have like the same business you used to have and you go like this, ah, that's my, that's what I did. Um, you know, I haven't seen many people since me that have been able to make as much money because I was into automation and, and had all these different cities because I realized, oh, this girl's going to tap out in this market at some point. So I got to send her five other places to keep her happy. Um, and plus a lot of times they're run, those agencies are run by men and men are not like fun or understanding to work for. We really but are. I, I, have, I know. Aaron I have to say <laughs> that industry was 10 times more honest than than working for people in politics now. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I'm sure it's more uh, honest than comedy as well. Now, where did you find <laughs> the girls? Um, I went out and found them. I went to those New York model and bottle parties and I just hit on all the girls I wanted to work for me. And I really did. I considered it like it was like almost dating them because some of them would, most of them were all new to the industry. They were established models and I would have to really woo them. I would take them to lunch and dinner and buy them things and <laughs> develop this relationship. And then eventually they would come work for me. Wow. Now what was like, the hit? Let's go shopping. Oh, you you want to go shopping? Okay, <laughs> let's go. What would be your advice then for men who are trying to pick up women, like a regular guy trying to pick up a girl from your experience picking up women? Um, I don't know because mine was all money-based. So I was willing right. to so make it worth material. their while. So be rich is advice number one. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to think that that isn't always necessary, but it you're showing them a lot. what you're bringing to the table. And I think that's kind of important in today's dating world to, to sort of make them feel like they're the commodity and that's how i ran my agency that's why elliot spitzer never really got appointments because he would call and be so rude on the phone and i go no 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 you're lucky if i send you someone right right and 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 i didn't want to put my girls in like precarious situations where i sent them to jerks who were abusive that's not a good way to keep employees obviously right. 
Right. So, so he was abusive, language. like hitting? Um, he was into choking. He was into um, trying to force them to do things unprotected. And that's clearly that's not awful. something <sighs> any woman wants to do, especially with someone like him. So I would just yeah. get complaints, like, and I would have women leave and just be like, I couldn't handle him. I had to leave. I mean, he's okay, so when... not hot enough to get away with that. be <laughs> 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 rude and violent. <laughs> I mean, you can do it, but yeah, rich is not enough. You're right about that. <laughs> he wants no, the the is... raw dog. Ain't it like an extra $150 to get raw dog? Why they don't pay the extra $150? What are these street like... prices? She's high end. Okay, so they were $1,000 or more an hour. And if you want, I ran a very vanilla agency, right? It was these tall, pretty, slender, or all American type of women. White. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, because Someone had to say it. <laughs> there, there were agencies specializing in different ethnic groups, and they had the market on that. And even though I tried to hire different types, it really, like, I didn't have the right advertising for it. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I forgot where we were. Where we were. <laughs> but he said he was like, he would be violent to the girls and... He, um, so if you wanted something extra, right? Like, let's say you Like, if you want it raw, show, if you want it raw, dog. No, that I didn't upcharge for because I can't force a woman to do that. That's right, but did some girls do it? I didn't even want it? you to do that. I didn't want you to do that. If but I did some girls do it? Do you have any girls that might do it behind your back and charge for that? And he might think that all the girls might do it? I had one girl that I suspected, yeah. Was it Champagne? Champagne Rodriguez? I knew her. <laughs> no, I told her, you can't do you're that because you're setting a bad precedent it. for right. other girls did, behind you. Right, that's know. right. I'm sure he came across a girl who did say, hey, give me extra this and I'll do it. And um, then because so he saw somebody else who told him that she did that, so I had to question oh, her, it. but it's not something I would have promoted. Right. And even if you wanted like a light Let's say you wanted a light choking. I would be like, okay, that's another $3,000 because I'm a vanilla agency. Anything else? Now we're talking to have to find that right girl. If I'm paying $3,000, ain't going to be no light choking. girl would be like, what? Nothing. You want me to choke someone? Like, I don't know how to do, I you don't want to do that. Experience. No, it's the best. <laughs> was he also into the, uh, the uh, like, um, I don't know, yellow fucking showers? I, no. Oh, golden <laughs> showers. Gerard, grow up. <laughs> I, I think I'm on I don't to the think so. Here, scatological. There we go. There we go. Ooh, you oh, just baby. made a move. Oh. <laughs> so was he wasn't pretty, into that. He wasn't into was the golden vanilla. showers. Yeah, it was pretty vanilla. Yeah, that's all right. Vanilla. Yeah. And do you? I had one it? person call and ask if they could punch the girl in the face, and I was like, well. How hard? Like, how hard do you want to punch her? Like, I can't give you a yes. price because now I'm going to have to go and call five women, and that's what they're going to ask me. Is like, like, yeah, because you can work bruising, a, a light slap, yeah, bruising. Oh no, no, no! But was, like, a punch. no, I want a like a nice punch, and I was like, okay, mm. it's going to be like fifteen thousand dollars. And what time does you get over there? <laughs> 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 See, I would wonder, I would say, I would ask my girls, I'd be like, hey, you know that nose job you were talking about getting? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just went around and I was like, okay, who wants this call? I have this call. This is what he wants. Oh you guys tell me. Security That's outside like the babysitter's door. club, but. Um, How much money fucking. would this cost though? How much on average is that is, would that go for? I mean, I only had one of those calls. So I told him 15 grand. That's how much I charged him, 15. 
15 for, for about two hours, 15 grand. Wait, did someone take what? the call? What? All you bitches to get punched in the face for 15 grand. No. <laughs> You're not the woman I thought you were. That takes a special girl. I am. I am very high priced. <laughs> right, Alice, were she low on money, might take it, but she is not low on money for a good reason. Yes, but she doesn't like want to get punched grand, in the face for it. Well, fifteen I have grand two, for two I hours, either... and you get hit what one time? One punch. Wow. I would do that. See, I, my business model's all wrong. I'll either fall in love with you and fuck you for free, or it'll cost you ten billion dollars. There is no <laughs> in between. <laughs> You don't know how to run that business. I feel like it's not averaging how I want. <laughs> now, where are you now, Kristen? Are you in New York? Or? I'm in Fort Lauderdale. I came here a few months ago to finish raising money for Roger Stone's Legal Defense Fund. Wow. Oh, that's right. He was he on the show a couple good. weeks ago, and he's like, what, June 30th, he's got to go back in? Yeah, and he filed an emergency uh, motion yesterday with the judge to get a 60-day extension because... I mean, what kind of person would sentence him to a prison right now in the middle of a pandemic? A white man. He's 67. <laughs> a white man no, would do it. <laughs> it was a white woman. Um, well, you know, the, I'm saying the judge. Equality. Oh, right, right. Woman, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. It was a white woman. But she really day. did not like him. She, you know, when, because he was talking at the beginning of it and she did, but they did send like fucking the SWAT team to go get but him. Listen, yeah. just to provide a different perspective, right? I was sentenced by a Puerto Rican judge appointed by Obama. And do you know what he said to me when he sentenced me? He said, Miss Davis, I see many Black and Latinos in my courtroom. They grew up without the opportunities that you had. Right. Well, but I didn't grow up with money. I just worked hard to go to college. Right. Exactly. But he said, you have a college degree. You have a finance background. You don't deserve a second chance. They deserve a second chance because they don't have parents and people who love them. You don't. So where I could give you probation, you're getting two years. Wow. So you two years you went? I did. I went to prison. Wow. And I was in an ICE oh facility. Oh. Right. An ICE facility. <laughs> so. You want to talk about being the minority and being put in dangerous position, right? There's like 4% Caucasian women at the prison I was in. 1,100 women, wow. 4% were white. That's the episode so, of Orange is a New Black I want to see. I, I want to, yeah. I am it down wasn't to a see camp. that. I was in a medium. I was behind the gate. I was not in a camp. I was with... Like I'll the read Mexican that. mafia, all of the like. I was real about to ask. Spanish. I'll read. I'll, I was about to say I'll read that book if you write it. But have you read? Have Have you written that book I already? Have not. Or I have not. Have What's to. the craziest story you have from jail? Um. Who touched that coochie? Now, who okay. came in your cell so, and touched that coochie without your well, permission? Who's whose wife are you, or who's your wife? Right. The expectation you miss each that other? most women turn gay for this day, right? That's yeah. the expectation in a women's prison. I think my most interesting story is that um, I'm not interested in women at all. So there's a small portion of us that were super just straight and whatever. Um, but you walk into the prison and they're all coming to the housing unit windows to check out the fresh meat. So fresh they walk fish. you around to, the housing, to your housing. And they're all like, oh, I like that girl. I like that girl. And then later, they're all trying to find you to see, do you like women? Are you switching? Like, it's just a very different. And then you see these prison families, right? Which is very strange and fascinating. Where yeah. the women who came in looking like, you know, women, 
they instantly morph and the look is to pull your hair back and to braid it. And now you've become the male figure in this yeah. society. And they have children and families. I mean, it's, and, and the biggest form of violence there is domestic violence. So they're all beating each other up. I saw one girl tell her girlfriend, like, hey, go to the hair room. I want to talk to you. Got her in the hair room. I was coming into my housing unit and started beating her with um, a hair dryer. Jesus wow. Busted nice. out her two teeth. Then the next weekend, I saw her in the visiting room with her husband and her two children, missing her feet, teeth, two teeth, and a black eye. I was like... Because her, her prison husband <laughs> beat her up? Yes. Man. I was like, how do you explain that to your husband? I mean, was she being... Your husband fresh? The nope. husband was also missing a tooth because he just got out two months ago. <laughs> prison husband oh, was prison. cheating and she confronted the oh. other girlfriend. Oh, and so the prison husband. husband beat her up for the confrontation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, why they try to, that's why they try to, you know, uh, not allow these sexual relationships in prison because they lead to most of the violence in female prison. Right. Yeah, no shit. Because um, you know how these I'm, bitches are? Y'all some jealous bitches. Fem female care. drama will fucking kill you. Wow. And because the expectation is that you turn gay for this day, anything that we consider just being polite is considered a come on. So if I open the door for you, you just think that I hit on you. Wow. So you have to learn to like totally oh, not be nice in any way. It's like, like somebody sneezed, you say, God bless you. It's like, we dating now, bitch. It is. <laughs> it is. Somebody told me, oh, I have a girlfriend because I, I like, I said, oh, I'll hold the door for you. And they were like, I have a girlfriend. Okay, well, I'm just holding the door, like right. being nice. Sorry, what does that, that mean? Yeah, that's spritz and shit. Right, I'm not Crazy. super prisony yet, so this is just what people do. <laughs> <laughs> when you first, when you first got in there, did you think somebody's gonna come after you and try to just take that cooch? No, no. Come on now, you know. I would have defended myself. Like a, no, you're tough. Razor blade and butt fifty your face if you don't comply. I think I, there's a market think, for prison Tinder. There you go. I, I did some time in Rikers Tinder. Island before going in there, and there's nothing as bad as that. Like, you cannot Rikers, shock yeah. me at this point in time. Yeah, Rikers was brutal. How, how long were you there? I was in solitary there for four months. Ooh, oh, my God. Is that your whole Holy stay shit. was all in solitary? Or were you were in I mean, can't black teenagers have nothing without white people taking it away? That's <laughs> <powerful. laughs> Took away Brooklyn. That's right. Now that is totally right. Appropriator. <laughs> So how long right. were you actually in there for? Was You're that gentrifying the solitary. I was in uh, Rikers Island. There's already a Starbucks in it. That's right. Uh -huh. For four months and then um, a prison, a medium for a year, and then a halfway house as the final part of my sentence for six uh -huh. months. Was any part of it actually like corrective or rehabilitative? Oh. <laughs> Super, no. There's no corrections, right? Like there's no corrections. It's just, we're going to put you in this hole yeah. for a while to make you feel bad about what you did. When yeah. I was locked up, I took up macrame. I see it was more of an origami, man. This face, it killed me in there. Yeah. But, uh, they feed you on like a dollar eighty a day. So the whole system is meant to have numbers because that's how they get their money. The more numbers they have, the more money they get. It's sick. It's a sick system it that sick. feeds off of people. It's, it's gross. So when you finally got out, who met you at the jail? Who was your real, and who kept contact with you while you was locked up? Did you see who was your real friends and who was just pieces of shit? Yep. My mom, Lainey Spicer. We love um, Sent me books. Um, Roger Stone. Those yeah, are Roger basically Stone. the three things. Yep. Oh Roger used it. 
Roger didn't communicate as much. He just sent money to my account. He's so. perfect. <laughs> did any of the girls, did any of those girls contact you? A handful. Hmm. Out of a hundred. It had to hurt. I probably had employed over 600 women over the course of five years. So no. um, wow. maybe three or four contacted me since then. Wow. wow. That had to hurt because yeah, no, you do grow relationships with people when you, you know, come in contact, when you're working with them, when you're trying to do the best for them, you're looking out for their safety as well. So it had to hurt when they didn't reach out, right? Well, but you know, but people will just jump ship. Yeah, people are uh, flighty like that and they only think about themselves. It was okay. I understood their reasons. Right. I mean, especially in the sex work industry, I get it. What do you mean you get yeah. it, Alice? You know what you mean? What do you mean you get it? You like people just get cold and just drop tides real fast? Well, no. I mean, I mean, in that specific industry, it just seems like you are more out for yourself as opposed to other industries. That's what it seems like, at least to me. I could be wrong. That's a good point. I actually think some of the women that I met and some of the porn stars that I've now met since then um, are nicer than the people I meet working for Roger. Some of the people, uh, let's say even right now, because his oh. star is so big, everybody I meet is a clout chaser. And I'm like yeah. mortified every day. There's like zero shred of um, follow through integrity or anything like that. People saying and promising the world and literally don't mean it at all. At all. It's just a hustle. Yeah. Empty promises in politics? No. <laughs> Never. It's to raise money, promise to help, and like the next day I follow up and they're going around, I'm doing this and that and this and that, and they've like literally done nothing to help. So what did Roger want you to run for? Like what office was he? Well, we ran for governor of New York. Okay. I debated Andrew Cuomo in a live debate in front of 3,000 people. Like, um, I had a fist fight with Chris Cuomo, but I don't want to talk about it. Did you? No, no. <laughs> Chris Cuomo really doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> Thank Chris you. Cuomo's he wife still has was that there face to... because of it. <laughs> Chris Cuomo's wife was there to give him a bleach bath afterwards and put some <laughs> healing salts on him. <laughs> I love Chris. Cuomo. So how was the debate? Was the debate tight? Was it on TV? What happened? It was on TV. It was fun and scary. And who did you wear? A, a, a pantsuit. I downplayed everything oh, clearly. Baby. Um, Tell me the thing about, about Roger, pants. Roger told me when he tried to convince me to run, I'm going to get you in the debate. So he's telling me this in 2008, two years before we actually ran. And he had it all planned in his mind. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? And he's like, I have no idea, but I will do it. And he literally made everything happen by finding other people to fund the campaign, to get them to take out radio ads, forcing people to put me in the debates. And I mean, it was fascinating He's to watch him boy. do this he is he a genius and his ability to think about something two years in advance and to know how to strategize it to make it happen is just amazing i've seen him do he it knows where, he knows where where all the strings and the levers are in uh, dc right about in politics he right. comes from the school of nixon and fucking roy Cohn. roy yeah. Cohn was yes, his bully who got him all into all this he's like a magic little politics elf it's right in there. That's right. I mean, he is that size. Yeah, dear friend of the show, I think that Roger Stone is one of those like once in a generation people that we don't have now. Like he's a guy that they used to make. There's there's gonna be another one that will here's the thing. You don't know who Roger Stone is 
the beginning of his career. You don't know who yeah. he is when he's working on Watergate. You know who he is 40 years later. So yeah. whoever the Roger Stone right. 40 year, is right now, yeah. we don't know who he is. And when you I find out, you're writing like, oh, my book about there. working for him. Yeah. It's, it's like, like Forrest Gump. It's like you see old pictures and it's like, oh, he's right next to Kennedy. Yeah, it's like he's been there for the last 40 some odd years twisting the knobs on history. And that fascinates me. I My only Roger Stone story is I met him uh, at a political convention and I did drugs with him. So did you? Yeah. What kind of but, drugs? The good ones? But, but I did drugs. I, it just sounds way better to say I did drugs with Roger Stone. We we got high together. So. Oh, but, but I look forward to doing it again because we didn't have enough time together. Eileen, Gerard though, like her husband is a Heisenberg of of pots. So like, don't boo it. He, oh, I love pot. Makes, when somebody tells me a drug story, it better be coke, a uh, heroin. I have 99.9% okay. pure THCA crystals. Ooh, and that's wow. yeah, that was my birthday. When, when, next, when next year in LA, come, we'll have a socially distant pot, pot smoke. We'll just come hang out. Well, next year we probably won't have to distance anymore, right? Right. Yeah, it's more we than likely. We don't know, be... guys. We don't freaking know. Look at all of us sequestered right now. We have no freaking idea. Yeah. Apparently, they just did uh, animal, like successful animal trials in Israel, but that means we're still like a year out. From, so like, the uh, the good news vaccine. So the main thing I do is is uh, get rid of uh, is debunk COVID myths, and I do a weekly live cast that's just here's this week in COVID, so I can Please, I can update you on what's happening. Please. So we've got about five vaccines that are in phase two trials right now. We have I right. believe two that are going to, and this is insane, uh, phase three trials in July. So this coming month and. So phase one trials is like you put it into eight humans. Like we're like, all right, it seems to be safe and effective in animals. So they try it in like eight humans. Right. Uh, phase two, 600 humans, give or take. Uh, and phase three is when they put it into 3,000 to 10,000 humans. And as long as it seems safe and effective uh, in those 10,000 humans, they're like, all right, we're, we have to do still post-market marketing, uh, post-market monitoring, but this is where we're going on forward with it. And here's the thing about the ones that are going into phase three right now. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies and I believe one of them is through Oxford University. They have made uh, some, uh, they've already made contracts with places that are manufacturing these vaccines that they've said, all right, if these don't work out, we want you to start manufacturing them, but we're just going to take the loss if they don't work because wow. they have number one, that much uh, confidence in them. And number two, they know that we need these uh, manufactured ASAP. So I, I sincerely, and I'm, I, I am a harbinger of doom on this. I have been just telling people the sky is falling nonstop uh, for months. And I will tell you all all the bad things about this, but I am very confident that uh, that one of these vaccines will work out, and we will have at least something uh, starting to be distributed by the beginning of next year. So that's good news. That's good news. You know what? I've been hearing stuff. Next about year feels a long time away. Yeah, yeah I know it feels feels a long time away, but you know what? Like not we, September, not October. It's we might have something that is done being researched by September. So I look at it and go, look, if you are someone who's immunocompromised, you're high risk. You live with people who are high risk. Yeah. Do what you can to keep socially distancing. Like we don't know. Who, here's the craziest thing that I read yesterday: yeah, a study good. that just came out that was published in Nature uh, that. Uh, 40% of people who are asymptomatic after three months, they have no antibodies. 
who originally had antibodies. Herd immunity thing is bullshit. So, I mean, and then here's the other thing is people who were very symptomatic after three months, 13% of those people had no antibodies. So it's like, so we're, this is something that we're going to have to vaccinate for right once we have a vaccine, just to keep people's immunity up to it. We're going to, now the the one thing is there's a difference between why we'll have to keep vaccinating for this one regularly versus the flu. The the reason for the flu vaccine, uh, uh, using it regularly is that the flu mutates. This is that uh, our body just loses its immunity to it. We just kind of, our body's like, ah, I forgot. So we're going to have to just keep getting that vaccine on a, we're going to have, like, you know, how with some th- uh, things we need a booster just because yeah. your body's like, ah, I forgot. We just, we're, bo- our body's going to get very forgetful about it and we're going to have to get regular boosters. But it looks like we're going to be able to get this under control. It sucks. I get it. Everything wicked fucking sucks wow. right so now. looking at the so, year. This is going to be a 2021 thing. But, but the good news is it's coming. And I know there are a lot of people who are like, I'm not getting the vaccine no matter what. I'm like, good, I can get in line before you. Yeah. My I, only concern I, is uh, when they're testing this vaccine on people, are they getting them from Tuskegee? No, these are people who all volunteered. I don't trust all this I, testing, white man I testing. Would, <laughs> I, and I don't blame you. I, and I mean, we I, volunteered. We volunteered to oh, I tried to fucking volunteer for this one. I was like, please inject me. Now, the thing that, we're, that they're doing during these uh, phases of the trial is figuring out what the dosage is. Uh, is it, are there any populations and any conditions for which there are contraindications, that kind of right. thing. So, like they found early on that they were, they were getting antibodies, but there were some dosages at which they were getting uh, a, a Rea- kind of a fever out of people. So, you know, you do want an immune wow. reaction, but you also don't want too much of an immune reaction. So fair, they think they- every vaccine produces an immune reaction. Yeah. Right? Some people who get vaccinated for for chickenpox or whatever also get some also get some mild yeah it mildly gassy sick. it got me real gassy when i got my chicken <laughs> that <laughs> could have been a burrito yeah <laughs> but you know here's the thing the, i mean the, there is like everything kind of sucks right now I, like i feel like i spend my weekly like hourly live stream on this just telling people i'm sorry this sucks there's good yeah. news eventually so that's that's the whole thing with this we're going to be wrong about everything a lot and we're eventually going to get it right so, so let me ask you this what do you think so right now people are over it like I know you're not you're not in New York right you're it's, I'm in LA yeah you're in LA in New York probably also in LA but definitely New York where we all live on top of each other people are yeah. over it we are oh yeah effort social distancing like people are still paying at lip service like you don't go into a store without a mask that people will yeah. tell you to leave that's crazy but like I was I, I like I've had dates <laughs> you know with people yeah. that I don't know where I like I talk this close together and to be honest I'm like a pretty conscientious person if I'm getting over it I'm like this little canary people are fed up so what happens then is just going to be wave after wave so I think here's what's going to happen. So New York has the highest rate of, from serological studies, uh, the highest rate of antibodies. So the m- most people who've gotten it so far in the country and at high estimates, it, it's about 25% of New York City has gotten it. Uh, so that means you're still open for two to three more waves of this. Wow. Yay, there are going to be more mass graves in Central Park. <laughs> It's well, here's the thing that depends on the government. Like, we don't like the it's the virus is going to do what it's going to do, and governments have to make the decisions on what are we going to like. People have to make decisions to stay home at some point when people are just not staying home because they don't see how bad it is in the hospital. Right. Uh, governments have to make a choice to go, all right, we need to do this for the good of everyone. And I'm not, I'm not in favor of, of tyranny and people being like, you have to stay home, martial law, but like at some point when the hospitals literally cannot keep up with this, they do have to do a, you know, at least a short lockdown, because I think what's 
what we're seeing, especially in states like Florida, Texas, uh, Arizona, we are going to see ICUs filling up and people are going to, who, people who could have survived otherwise, who just can't get to an ICU bed are going to, are going to die. And doctors will have to sit there and go, wow, I don't know which, do I give the, the, the ventilator to the 60 year old doctor uh, who's sick or do I give it to the 20 year old who was out partying? But we also you know? have had such conflicting information. Like I've heard about oh, hospital beds that. that have gone un, un, uh, unoccupied and people are having a hard time figuring out what's real yeah. and what's not especially because the oh media, yeah the media it feels like the media betrays us every day it's interesting oh, yeah. that we are kind of locked down we have actually more access to what's going on in our immediate areas and what the news says is different than what i see with my own eyes like if you watch the news they're saying new york is on fire there's riots it's anarchy no there isn't i live here i see the protests go by every day it's not anarchy it's peaceful you know how many people have asked me like is the whole city on fire people aren't trusting what the news is telling them anymore and yet a lot of us don't have other sources of information Oh yeah, I mean, I have major contention with the way that COVID has been reported. So that's kind of why I do like, I'm like, I've stopped. I, I only write uh, at Self Magazine for uh, for my professional place that I write for. But I basically, I'm like, no, I'm gonna talk directly to, uh, you know, to my audience on this because I don't want them to think that what I'm saying is being influenced by anywhere. Uh, but like, it's so hard to, like, you see you see a headline saying, uh, you know, new strain of coronavirus is is uh, more contagious and you panic, right? Because it's like, oh, fuck, we're dead. The, the, you know, airborne death is coming for all of us next week. And what happened was they found one spike protein that suggests that we're seeing slightly more of in certain areas of the population and they think might have made it slightly more contagious right. and like there's no like this reporting drives people like me who are very precise with their science reporting absolutely nuts and i don't know what to do with like i you know sitting there and trying to tell people all the things that are right i still have people asking me um if ibuprofen is safe to use because of that rumor from the first and ibuprofen is perfectly safe it's fine but Good. like they're snorted some i got scared for a second <laughs> so I got two rails it's fine it's fine do it's do your nails a bit it's i mean it's there are way more fun drugs to do in rail form but i'm just just saying but yeah it's but but i mean like we'll get we'll get one piece of poorly communicated information out from even from the who or cdc and it'll be something that is partially true or just they didn't they communicated it in a way that a scientist would understand and go i get what you were trying to say and a headline writer will go oh i know how to get people to click on that and it'll make all of us go what are you doing why did you say and it's like i see what like how hard should someone should someone like you who's smart but not uh trained in science that had how hard should you have to work to understand what's going on during a fucking pandemic you should be able to look at a headline look at an article and go okay i get what happened here and move on with your life and just know what you should have to do with precautions. And I hate that that's not the case. So well, I'm confused, though. I just blame Russia. They meddle. That's, yeah. So what I'm saying is tune into my live streams 5 p.m. PST on scivabe.com slash live. Isn't it so funny that the fake news thing that everybody was like, he, the news isn't fake. He shouldn't be saying fake news turned out to be 100% true. <laughs> it is whether you're on the right or the left, it, it, the news is fake news. Yeah, um, basically. I mean, everyone has to it. See, nobody likes it. Search nobody for likes it. it but no, you have to. If you really want to find good music, you got to search for it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go places where you know, you got to talk to people who know good music, just like news. <laughs> who yeah. you trust. 
And it's like, I tell, I don't even tell people certain outlets that they have to trust. I tell people certain journalists at those outlets that I'm like, these are the ones that do their work on this. Like, like I don't tell people go to Buzzfeed for their science. I tell people here is one specific science journalist at Buzzfeed that I love that does her fucking work. And it's like, that's no good news out there. Your next question is to be, who's your favorite journalist? And I bet you they don't have one. Yeah. They'll, and they'll name the one person they that they- news in the wrong places, money. Walter Cronkite. <laughs> like, who's you your favorite remember, journalist? Like what, who's a good person to follow? And usually, if you stick with the same people, just like with sports people, you stick with, like, you stick with the people who you trust their opinions on this shit. Yeah. It's like, if you're just jumping around getting news from here, news from there, news from there, that shit is always going to be g- garbage. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite COVID reporter? Who's oh, um, uh, there are three that I will recommend: uh, Marin McKenna, uh, Tara Hale, and Stephanie M. Lee. Uh, they all report all over the place, but they're easy to find over it um, on Twitter. And they're it's. I think one of them. Uh, too. Hmm? I think I, uh, one of my, uh, heard somebody talking about it. Uh, a, a journalist talking about it. I think it was on the Daily. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember where I heard it. Where they're talking, giving reports, and I think she might have been from Jersey, though. Mm. I forget her name. Gosh. There's also, I, I forget his name, but he's he's on the daily who does like the regular like coronavirus. Like he's always, uh, he's, yeah. he's done like the one who's done like all of the, their reporting on pandemics and he's brilliant and has given he's me like great. so much, like I wish I, I wish I remembered his name, but every time he says something on pandemics on how like on, you know, on how this is going to go, he brings me comfort and brings me like we've been here before. We're going to get through this again. Here's where we are. He's Here's the, it's, it's like, like college shit is not panic. It's never like breaking yeah. news. I don't need breaking news in my face. Yeah. Okay. And it's, and I mean, that's why I try to like tell people, it's like, yeah, things are bad. Here's where we're going to go. And I mean, like, like people are, pan- there was, there were a couple of articles out about, um, about blood type and how that could affect your, uh, your severity level of this. And people are like, what do I do with this information? I'm like, nothing, nothing. Yeah. You have to just keep socially distancing and washing your hands and wearing your mask. Like you can't. I'm type like, A. They yeah. said type A. What, you, what do I do with that? Nothing. F- just keep washing your hands and wearing your mask and being a good member of society. Try to protect the people around you and try to protect yourself. You cannot change your blood type and it barely affects us. Just don't be like it, the main things you have to look out for are, do you have the big risk factors? Then maybe you should be a little more protective about, of yourself. If you are, are, are very high risk, think about, you know, holding up a little bit more. But other than that, don't freak out about the, you know, blood type things. Well, here's the thing. I'm supposed to be in the thumb wrestling championships next week. Will it be Ooh. canceled? It's you know I'm I'm an Aquarius. What's gonna happen? You know uh, Aquarius, you're fucked. But thumb wrestling, go for it. Go for it. I can. I'll miss you, Alice. Of human gloves. It's just yeah, gloves. Just I think just do it in a bucket of hand sanitizer. And the screaming from all the pain from finding all those little cuts you didn't know about. mm, That's gonna make it. It's like mud wrestling fight, but with thumbs and in hand sanitizer. And like whoever no. can manage to get through the pain from all the little cuts w- and still win, oh, you get extra money for that. Is this on pay-per-view? I would totally pay for I would, it. I would watch them wrestling in hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Elliot Spitzer wants to know if he can pay $20,000 for a hand sanitizer blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Would that hurt the dick more or the mouth more? What's that? Can we cut up his dick prior to putting on the canned sanitizer Ooh. and lemon oh, juice? That would be karmic justice. Would, would it would it hurt the dick or the or or the, the mouth more to put the hand sanitizer on for that blowjob? Everyone would lose. <laughs> there are no winners. <laughs> There's, everyone's a loser because it's Evan Spitzer's dick. Deep in the, the best. From uh, Watch What Happens Live. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, jumped about- <laughs> oh. <laughs> just jumped in the pool. I'll explain later, daughter. So, there is uh, uh there is a porn parody that has something along the lines of like Elliot spits her. Oh, for Elliot? Or was it Evi- was it Elliot splits her? Ah, ah. I, think he, I think he has a chance to come back into politics, honestly. No, he no what you, He's what you so think? done. There's so many stories like this of like behind the scenes, Elliot Spitzer stories. People don't That's, like him on an interview. Like, do you remember, like remember for five minutes, uh, uh, what's his face? Anthony Weiner tried to come back and it was like, uh, he, it was like, it was, it was like the, the groundhog came back out and it was like, no, Wiener, no, bring in Sydney Leathers, bring in Sydney. He ran for New York City Comptroller in yeah, 2013. Right. He, 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 right, he threw did. about $10 million into the race in a one-month time period trying to get the nomination. And even with that much money, he still couldn't take the nomination. Because he is deeply He couldn't get the nomination with $10 million? Deeply unlikable. The public doesn't like He couldn't him. even buy the nomination, basically. Right. He's running against a nobody and, and myself also well, you know because what, I was in that race. And oh, you was in that race? Him. You ran for comptroller that year too? I did. I was taken out of that race by Elliot Spitzer, basically. Wow. Wow. Well, they say the all me- the media cool in New York was having a field day. The Madam and the John. The most exciting thing to happen to New York City politics in the last like 50 years. Roger was behind that. Roger had to be behind that. Roger <laughs> Roger. Well, no, we were already in the race. We didn't know. I mean, he jumped in three months later. I have no wow. idea why. Wow. Wow. Yeah, people do not like that guy. You know, Anthony Weiner. And I think he was a good governor. I think as far as being a governor, I thought he was good. But as a human being, nobody liked him. Nobody One of his him. first acts as governor in 2007 was to change the penalty for a man getting caught with an escort from a misdemeanor to a felony. But he got caught and had no charges, right? So let's talk the hypocrisy of Elliot Spitzer. He's a douchebag. He was a crappy governor. He literally illegally financed his campaign through bridge loans from his father. He is absolutely one of the most despicable human beings on the planet. This just reminds me of every time when it just reminds me of every time when some politician is very anti-gay and is like, "Let's right. pass legislation to make the gay he's not be a boyfriend thing." Like, in the, another state yeah. with his family in the like, yeah. why would you? Why would you do that's something? What, um, specific, why? What's his name? That's what. Uh, that's what uh, Roy Cohn did that too. He was uh, anti-gay in public, but he was a gay man. Right. He was in Studio Fifty Four. He represented the club owners of Studio Fifty Four. He, oh, he was openly gay, um, um, but it wasn't open. It right. was like, and he was against, he always was pushing legislation against other gays. You yeah. mean he was yeah. Lindsey Gramming it, or I'm sorry, Lady G. La- Lady, Lady G. G. Oh God, that trending hashtag gave me life. Uh, I think I like Lady A more than Lady G, antebellum. <laughs> well, mm. what does the A stand for? They didn't actually change it. Antifa. <laughs> They just, <laughs> it's exactly the same. Well, today. Just, we know Aunt Jemima's out. They just Aunt asked Aunt Jemima, out. yeah, they were like, we can't, we can't make that not racist, so we're just gonna... My advice, <laughs> my advice is just to, to buy real maple syrup nice. for that, the twice a year that you make pancakes. But I get my syrup from my actual Aunt Jemima, so... <laughs> <laughs> How does she fend it all? <laughs> tell, Aunt, tell your actual Aunt Jemima to get real maple syrup. I'll tell Uncle Benjamin at the next uh, family reunion. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> black people names. 
Yeah, they did away with it all together. They were like, we would rather not sell this product than make it not racist. Wait, did yeah. they get rid of the product altogether and not just change the name of it? Like, I might be shutting down. I'm not I sure. I mean, all it is is just brown corn syrup. It's literally the same thing as clear corn syrup, just brown. They, someone just, puts in food coloring. And right. a little bit of imitation maple flavor. It's, I believe it's 3% maple syrup with I mean, imitation so maple syrup. We agree. It's That's saving the earth, young ladies. What, you want to take all the maple out the trees, <laughs> cut all the trees down? <laughs> all you have to do is tap them. They live. Yeah. Who knew that Aunt Jemima was an environmentalist friendly alternative? <laughs> well, she lived in the woods, apparently. <laughs> Didn't have a house to. But wait a minute. So, how did y'all feel about Trump? And uh, he was doing that, uh, the whole toasting thing. He had this rally there. Uh, almost a day, a hundred years after the day of the of Black Wall Street got burnt down. Nobody ever charged. 300 Black people died. 35 blocks of city blocks burnt down. Nobody ever charged with anything. And, and to be sensitive, Trump moved his rally to one day later. One day later. Yeah. One day later. So sensitive. That was, that was very sensitive of him. Right. You know, what is, what's crazy is that there was enough space in the stadium that if he just hypothetically said, we're going to be social distancing people, he could have just filled up the whole stadium. Yeah. yeah. And made it seem like he sold out. He yeah. could have just done that one move and publicity wise, it would have been a win, but he didn't. They could have just said, hey, like beginning of it, they could have looked around done a quick little, hey, we're going to be conscientious and then just spun that. But no, there's no way Brad Parscale stays on as their, as their, their campaign manager now. Is there so. like, I well, just, he was just a coffee boy, wasn't he? It's that's what, that's how they'll spit it. <laughs> I mean, do, but, uh, do you think he's going to win in November? Trump on? Um, I'm every year that here's the thing every year it's the economy stupid right so if this had been if we'd been having this discussion four months ago before COVID before gas prices were destroyed I would have said I don't know probably Trump's gonna win because the incumbent always has the advantage the economy is on goddamn fire uh no I don't think Trump's gonna win we haven't um, even felt it like wait until unemployment runs out in August and wait till people really feel the squeeze and yeah. that's when we can answer that question. I don't that's... think we even know. And he's trailing in the polls or whatever, but we all know that polls are bullshit. We just had Rob Stone on here two weeks ago telling us that polls are bullshit. I believe that guy more than the polls. And, uh, and we haven't even seen it yet. And if you're telling us, Yvette, that this isn't going until next year, which sounds about right, and I believe you and I believe your sources, then, uh, then people are just the same way that they wanted a big shakeup and change in 2016. People are already over COVID. They're over it. They want someone to like shepherd us through and not to get us more in. Yeah. The reaction has yeah. been lacking to say the least. And it's not like a, it's not like a poor rich thing. It's not like a black way or a Republican Democrat thing. Like we're all over it together as a nation. I I like how privileged America is where after a certain period of time we could say, nah, this pandemic, we're over it. Over we're just, it. We're, <laughs> there are five thousand people dying a day. Fuck it. Still? Yeah, but those people are in Florida. So are we really losing it? <laughs> Isn't it win, 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 win? If is it is that here in the US or is that globally? No, people are, I know people get like, like 2,000 a day in Florida, something like that now. No, they're not. <gasps> oh, no, no the cases last, a couple of days ago, I believe they had, uh, it was uh, in Texas, they had 6,000 new cases for like the highest they'd had before. Florida, it was like 5,500. Like California, we had our highest new day. Like, and here's the thing, it's uh, along with that. Now, I know that the fatality numbers haven't gone uh, up, up, up yet with along with that, but the hospitalizations are starting to go up. So oh, it's partially God. that we're testing more. Like I got tested a couple of weeks ago uh, and just went online and, and requested a test. But now uh, because uh, testing is, because 
because uh, requests for tests are going up so much because people are getting sicker. You can't just request a test unless you have symptoms anymore. Uh, so people are like the actual illness numbers are going up with things opening um, and with places just kind of taking all the breaks off and with some places being like, you don't have to wear a mask, fuck everything. Um, things are getting way worse in places that are like that are getting rid of all the rules like we would be able to open up a little more and be a little more free with this if people would wear the masks and if you want to go to a restaurant at least have outdoor seating but we're like nah freedom on every like and it's scaring it's scaring all the experts that this fucking second wave is coming this soon into the summer we didn't expect this second wave to the end to fall the worst part is this is like wave 1.5 like new york actually flattened their curve if you look at everywhere else in the country we kind of like went up went a little down and then went right back up again like we just we just kind of got tired of trying we We got tired of having uh, no money people need to work like sorry you can't keep us behind doors for months and months and expect us to pay our rent there has to be some sort of give and take all the numbers we were told were inaccurate and skewed so people stop believing the media right here in florida we haven't had a death under the age of 65 Mm -hmm. so our cases have now gone up right but our our testing has tripled okay that's fine but our hospitalization rate is pretty much at the same level right now because the age of the people testing positive is now like 32 years old because all the young people got bored wanted to go out as soon as everything opened they're testing positive but half of those people are asymptomatic so they're not even needing to go to the hospital they're not that sick and as opposed to the the age here because florida has all these retirees right but they've contained all of that in these homes so from my perspective i'm like my county is the, one of the only two counties still in phase one here in florida the rest of the state is at phase two i'm like open us up people need to work i'm seeing all the businesses on the ocean this is oceanfront property they can't afford their rent so they're closing and this is a tourist here too. Uh, city so how are these people like i've had four people in my building move out in the last six weeks yeah. moving back home to be with their parents um but yet they're in their 30s and clearly we've not had a death under 65 so why haven't we used our resources to protect the vulnerable right. and let you well, know the, the healthy people who can sustain this because i'm under the impression that this was never about this was never really about getting doing away with the virus it was about hospitalization mm-hmm. and how what capacity we could properly treat people and save lives there. Well, the way that you protect people is you give them money. You are exactly right, Kristen. People need to work. And they're giving billions of dollars in bailouts to corporations who don't need it and are just going to use that money to pass corporate debts, uh, buy back their own stock. It's not trickle-down economics. doesn't work. This isn't the time for that. They put $1,200 in people's pockets. They gave us $6,000. Plus two for an unemployment that runs out and people like, and this is me saying this, this is me with, this is what I have, right? I have no kids. I have no responsibilities. Imagine if you had to feed another person who couldn't work, <laughs> like people need money, give them money. And then the lockdown is just makes economic sense. Yeah. And I mean, I, starving. it's like in Spain, they went, they, they went over to a system where they're now doing UBI. And I, I don't look at America and go, we're going to get UBI forever after this. But Spain yeah, but said, and I think, yeah, like, I, I would love it. But like, I, I look at America and go, I, I dare I hope. Uh, but like in Spain, they moved over to doing UBI 
permanently after this because they said, wow, this would work out for us given how well uh, having this the safety net uh, helped us during this. And they're wow. like, we're and that's broke ass, siesta ass, not yeah. working a full day ass, Spain. And, and I, <laughs> I look at us. work their asses off. And it's like, and I look at us and I go, I know that this is uh, a hard time to say, let's, let's throw money at a thing. But there are three things that can make this thing all uh, way easier. One, put a moratorium on rents and mortgages. I, I understand that there are people yeah. in the in the finance sector that are going, but my money. Yeah, everyone's broke uh -huh. right now. Uh, to give everyone $2,000 a month. I know a lot of money uh, will figure, no one has ever cared about a deficit until you're talking about giving money to people <laughs> as opposed to corporations. Uh, and number three, give everyone health care because get, people have been getting bills for going to the hospital for 200,000 to $3 million. I've seen one for $3.1 million no. for getting coronavirus treatment. Ah! I had a friend who recently went in for just a test and $1,200 bill. Yeah. So, I mean, if we do those and I get it, like I understand the need to work because, because as soon as COVID hit the main outlet that I write for shut down and I had just submitted a 5,000 word article that I get paid by the word on and I have not seen that payment. So I had to change my business model uh, when this all started. I like, I'm not looking at like, I, I live in a house full of musicians. They all had their gigs canceled. I, I'm not looking at people who were like, but I need to work and going, you just don't care about humanity. I'm looking at the people who were like, I need to work, but fuck you. I won't wear a face mask and go, you don't care about humanity. That's a problem. And so it's like, we could. <laughs> the masks yeah. are off. So you really think they should continue to quarantine if, let's say, you're here in Florida and you're 30 and healthy and you know that we have not had one death? We shouldn't have to quarantine. We haven't had it's, one. There death have been infant deaths. Months. There have been deaths in their 20s. There have been deaths in their 30s. Not here, but not here in Florida. Do you think that lungs work differently in Florida than they do elsewhere? You haven't had it there yet. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, no, we've had like, thousands there of are deaths, but they're all over the age of 55, there are which people, clearly shows. Like a lot of the new cases in Florida and Texas have been people from the age of 18 to 36. That's what it was so alarming. But they're live. They're they're not even going to the hospital. People are sick are for two. Right? People are sick for two months after getting this and need to be on supplemental oxygen or get yeah, lung transplants. The twenty. There was a twenty-something-year-old who needed a lung transplant for right, this, but and she was those healthy. Are not the, the norm. That is not the norm. Yes, those but you're making it sound like this doesn't happen. So it's, it's even, death is rare no matter what in this, but there are people who are getting sick for a long, long, long time. And don't say that it's like, it's fine for people who are 30 and healthy uh, to go out and get this when they can spread it to other people in their community. The people who take care of older people are people my age. And so, yes, they're going to spread it. You can't separate out all the, the young and healthy people from the older and sicker people in society. So yeah, social distancing is one of very few things that is shown to help and work. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be in a hermetically sealed suit but i am saying that just saying that this is that this is fine that because the cdc has been wrong before we can disregard all of their information and that we have to act as though we have no info on this when we do we know that certain uh, situations are worse for spreading this and we should probably avoid those and we know that certain situations are a little easier and we can probably start continuing those again so i think that we should we can act uh with a bit a little bit more of a scalpel uh than with a hatchet than we were before uh but let's not throw off all the guardrails on this because we're tired of being at home. I'm tired of being at home too, uh, but I also don't think that this is an excuse to turn this into a major disaster for our people who are old uh, and have pre-underlying conditions. 
And if that, feel free to please correct me if I'm wrong, but what you know we're also often, <laughs> thank you. you. <laughs> but what we're also often seeing is people within their 30s and 40s who are uh, either asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, uh, where months later that we're seeing lung scarring. And frankly, yeah. the yeah. fact is we yeah, don't true. know that if in 5, 10, 15 yeah. years, they're going to have a substantial amount of damage. I mean, think yeah. about your life yeah. being cut short by 10 to 20 years because you had COVID. COVID, you never went to the hospital, you didn't know. And yet, because uh, of COVID, you know, when you receive, when you got it in your 30s, uh, you know, is now substantially impacting your life later on in your 50s, 60s. And that's what we're going through right now. And the fact is that no one is going to the hospital on a daily basis and checking, hey, how are my lungs doing today? Because this is not the system we're set up for realistically. But the thing is, it is impacting people's lungs. And we do have evidence of that and we yeah, do have of, evidence of half of the asymptomatic are, yeah half of the asymptomatic yeah. cases are showing up with uh with ground glass opacity that that inflammation and damage in their lungs so even if you don't feel anything yeah. your lungs do that and that's the most concerning part doesn't that mean that you're not asymptomatic then that would be a sense. that's it means that you have subclinical symptoms. So you don't feel that like the scariest thing with this. So I bought a pulse oximeter for my house because we have 10 people living here, including the wow. basis for the bangles. And she is, I'm like, she needs those lungs to keep working because she is also a singer in the bangles. Anyways, um, it's, hmm? what, what? Love the cats. She's it's Annette Zelinska. Uh, Zelinska so I'm always going to screw up the pronunciation on her last name, but she's a she, she's a great bass player. Um, but she's very paranoid about getting sick. Um, but we uh, it's I got a pulse ox for the house, and it can tell you your oxygen saturation. One of the scariest things that happens with us, the way they get people get into trouble with it, uh, is a situation called you might have heard the term cytokine storm or ARDS kicking around, where basically uh, your body uh, kicks into high gear or your uh, immune system kicks into high gear and it starts attacking not just the virus but your lungs too and it starts attacking lung tissue um, and you're sitting around fine 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 and all of a sudden you can't breathe uh, and we have these people going to the hospital um, with this with a case called silent hypoxia or happy hypoxics because they can't tell they can't breathe they can't they don't under they don't feel that they're drowning basically so I bought um, an oximeter so you can see we can check our um, our o2 saturation I recommend getting one just so that you don't suddenly realize oh crap my you know you go to the hospital feeling fine 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 until all of a sudden you have no symptoms other than a, an oxygen saturation of 80 uh, which is terrifying and this is the thing that's been happening to people that's how this thing gets you is feeling fine until suddenly you're really not fine uh, and your kidneys have taken substantial damage because of you you've had such low oxygen saturation so this thing is a this virus is a fucker send me yours yo send me the one you bought your, your house it's come over and get your come it's I'll, I'll stick it out the door so we can socially distant and check you you have so. me and come over i'm on my way guys. I'll, I'll roll you, you a joint so we don't have to swap fluids. If that, have you considered being an, uh, an influencer, aka an Instagram model for oximeters? It's, <laughs> please get your pulse oxygen. <laughs> please get your oxygen levels checked regularly. At this, it's stick your finger into this baby. Yeah. Check your oxygen with me. We can get. We can get. We can make this very ASMR. I want you to check your oxygen levels. It'll be, it'll be yeah, good. Right for down you. My spine, girl. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just, I just, and I mean, here's the thing. And so I want to tell you, Kristen, like, I get what you're saying. I totally do. Like, it's, it, it is fucked up what's happening with our economy and people need to earn money. Like, I see it in my house, but it's like, this virus is, and because of the amount of misinformation that's been out in the media, I see why people don't trust it. But I really hope that people will try to find those better science journalists that are, that are writing about the science that's happening and not writing the headlines about the science. So I hope that people can lean into that a bit more. It's I never read headlines, and I social distance. I'm just more, you know. I get you. I, I feel you. I wanted you to know that I wasn't saying that to be like, Matt, I, it's, I, I like you. I, I wanted you to know that. Like, if your business was open up right now, Kristen, like, how would you deal with this whole quarantine thing? Would you I have no money. Working? <laughs> Anybody's? No way. No, no, no. I would have my anybody girl still out there working. <laughs> yeah. You no, can't catch the game. Get out there and make my money. $5,000 per hour starting for one antibody. You want more than one antibody? That where we can talk later. <laughs> this girl has recovered from COVID. She will spit into your mouth for $10,000. I've got some Japanese businessman who like that right now. Extra for the antibodies. <laughs> this is she'll, good. Lick, she'll lick directly into your asshole <laughs> with those good COVID antibodies. Those assholes are, are, assholes are known COVID spreaders. Oh, you know uh, no. I wanted to put a tongue in my ass like the, the antidotes in it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I love that New York City basically came out as a cool ant in all of this and was like, oh hey, God. here's what you're allowed to do sex-wise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't eat ass at the moment. Hold off on that. <laughs> you heard the whole Bronx go like this. Oh. Andrew Cuomo just said, please jerk off. Yeah, I did. I met a girl over the weekend who said that she was hooking up with someone who was like slightly risky because he would fly every once in a while to see his kids in another state. And so because he's traveling, they fuck, but uh, she doesn't let him kiss her. And that, no masks also, condoms, that is her COVID compromise. Oh my God. <laughs> also the name of my album. <laughs> Oh my God. I just, I, uh, He's a wild Kristen, if you ever, if, if somehow brothel, brothels ever became lethal, uh, I am there with like spacesuit fucking. So, uh, how, how can we moon man this? This is like, this is glory hole territory. It is glory yes, hole. This is what the glory hole is. Bring back the glory hole. You know, the CDC came out on the side of glory holes and they were like, contactless through a board sex is fine. Or how the orthodox do it through a sheet. I was about to say that. Hasidics have been doing it right for years. We should have known. See, this is this is why we're God's chosen people. <laughs> and society has been treating us like it all this time, too. All this time. You guys want to do some pluggy plugs? Uh, Kristen, where can people find you? They can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Manhattan Madam. And they can also go to the Stone Defense Fund and contribute for Roger's appeal. Yes. yes. We show. want Roger to stay home, man. We don't need him going into that Corona box. Nope. No. Yeah. Alice? You can find me and Yvette talking about porn and science uh, on twogirlsonmike.com, uh, Two Girls on Mike the Porncast. Uh, you can find me, though, uh, on Twitter at Rational Blonde. Rational Blonde. And I'm on that episode. I'm on y'all show next week, right? Indeed. Yeah. You're going to yeah. be reviewing some Jurassic Park porn with us, hon. Jurassic so Park porn. That's right. <laughs> you bet? You guys can find me at the Cybabe on Twitter and Instagram and over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cybabe, where I am sciencey and occasionally snarky. Nice. I like it. I'm going to tongue in cheek. White daughter? 
Uh, you can find me online, uh, Twitter, Insta, Karen Margolis, K-E-R-E-N-M-A-R-G-O-L-I-S. We are The Race Wars Podcast on Instagram, just Race Wars Podcast on Twitter. You can find us on there. We put episodes and clips up on YouTube. So find us on YouTube, check out our Patreon, and look out for my show, Nerdgasm, on Compound Media, new episodes coming out soon. That's right. What a great episode, ladies. You guys are really informative, smart, funny, and didn't annoy me. Huh? It's being told oh, I yet. was is the best compliment I can receive. Oh. You're welcome. It's um, what we aspire to, at least what I aspire to, so I wouldn't annoy my parents. But so maybe this is a daddy issue. Sorry. We, we do have daddy issues, so this was a great compliment for us. <laughs> Make sure you check out Small Ball, my sports comedy podcast on Embassy Row. Uh, it's available on Apple Music and Spotify. And uh, yeah, it's been a great episode of Race Wars. You guys had fun, huh? Oh, yeah. Ladies. Thank you. Ladies. Thank you, all you beautiful ladies. And yes, love you guys. And man. Thank you, madam. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, have a great night. Take care. You too. Bye, guys. Bye. Race Wars. Bye. Race Wars. Bye. Race Wars.